0: I was in turn to Psalm 119 Psalm 119 last week we were here for just a few moments in the very beginning of this psalm here in Psalm 119 in many ways it's, it's got so many verses uh, as you could just continue to walk through and and uh, really spend probably a year or two alone just looking at these verses here and as we come to verse number nine here this evening we come to a couple of verses that are very familiar to you Uh, I would imagine Psalm 119, a couple of these verses in this psalm, verses 9 to 16... As each of these are broken up, each of these psalms in Psalm 119 are broken up into uh, specific, uh, I guess you would say, uh, verses that deal with each other. And you see here uh, four letters, B-E-T-H, Beth here, above yours, if you have that in your, in your uh, Bible. And uh, a couple of verses that you're probably familiar with. Verse number 9 is, I would imagine, one you're familiar with. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse number 11, you probably have memorized this. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Bless, uh, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of the testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts. And have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Last week we dealt with the first couple of verses, verses 1 through 8, and and the importance of the word of God and how it plays a vital role into the Christian life, into each of our lives specifically. And we looked at a couple of these these specific details here in verse number 1 as it uses blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And again, we dealt with a little bit of the, the specifics of the word of God and how it plays a vital part in the Christian life. Now as we come to these verses, Verses 9, 10, 11, on down to verse number 16, you begin to see a key trend that is taking place. As you read verses 9 to 16, I would imagine if you were like me that there's one verse that sticks out to you. Now, it might stick out to you because it was a verse that you were raised to, to, to either meditate on or to uh, required to maybe memorize as a child of God. Uh, and even as a child growing up, you were uh, required to maybe memorize this verse. But verse 11 is what would be considered the key verse in this passage Scripture here. And we come to this and it says this. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Just a few minutes ago, I was talking about Osiris, and there are certain, uh, I would say, uh, sections of a a sermon as you begin to study to preach. There are walking through the passage of Scripture. There are times whenever you're preaching through the entire uh, message and you're you're wanting to get to one specific spot. I want to get to verse 11. And I want to get there quickly. And so, look with me if you would for just a few moments. Verse number nine, one more time. The Bible says this: "Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word?" And jump with me if you would right into it. Number one, we see the desire of the word. The psalmist begins to reveal the desire of the word, and in this passage of scripture, you see that he begins to get right into it as he says, "Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way?" You begin to see that desire of the word it begins to speak of a couple specific desires. The first first one is the desire to be sanctified. In our day and age, we're living in a world as, as as the world gets worse and worse, that many times you'll find that Christianity is getting worse and worse. Christians are not uh, living like they ought to. There's not a a, a a view of God that is holy any longer. God has now been treated in many forms, in many churches, in many people's lives, as just a, the big man upstairs, which I cannot stand that statement. He's been treated as, as just somebody's buddy or somebody's pal or, hey, you know, and he's been brought down to man's level in many people's eyes. And can I share with you that when we come to the Word of God and you bring reverence to the Lord and you begin to get into the Word of God, you should find yourself saying, oh man, what a holy God he is. He's not just the big man upstairs. He's not just my pal. He's not just my friend. He's not just another buddy of mine. No, he is God Almighty. And the psalmist begins to say these things as he says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? He begins to make reference to this desire of the Word, but the desire to be sanctified. As he is using these statements, notice with me, he gives priority to a certain specific statement here, and that is, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The priority here that he is giving it to is to be holy, uh, to be clean, to be upright, to be pure, if you would. He desires this in his own life. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Now, we don't have time for just a few moments, but when it's making reference to this statement of a young man, it has to do with this idea of understanding that even as a child, this should be a desire. Uh, we have it in our society as you go and you begin to think about certain things that uh, in, in our world that people will say, party when you're young because when you're old, you won't be able to anymore. And you think about these, these many uh, philosophies that are being pushed and these many ideas that are being pushed. And, and oftentimes there's this, this understanding or this misconception that, hey, you can live it however you want to as a child and however you want to as a young adult and however you want to as an adult. But wait, later on in life, hey, you need to start living for the Lord. Can I share with you that the Word of God very simply teaches that as a child you should desire these things. A child, you know, as I think about uh, Jackson and and Holly and as we have our our next little one coming on, I want to teach them that, hey, as a child, you don't just do these things because of daddy and mommy telling you to. No, the word of God teaches us and you give reverence to the word of God. And God wants you to live this way and God wants you to live for him. And so he begins to give priority to it. But what about this statement right here? Shall a young man, notice this, cleanse his way? He begins to speak of the prompting here. Now, In its context here, the statement that is being used here is being used in the same way that you find in Romans chapter number 3, verse number 23, when it says, all have sinned, for all have sinned. And what it is speaking of here, when he uses this statement, cleanse his way, it's being used in the same context of all has sinned in the same, uh, I would say, uh, uh, filter if you were to say it that way. And that is saying, hey, we are all defiled and we all need to get right. We are all defiled. And we're all to get right. We're all uh, wicked in and of ourselves, and we need a spiritual cleansing. And so when he says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, it's speaking very simply to say, hey, this young man, this individual, desires to be clean, to be pure, to be upright. Why? Because we're all defiled. We're all filthy. We're all sinners. And so as he begins... This statement out, this question, if you would, because there's a question mark. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And notice with me the promise that is found. Well, how, how is this going to take place? How can he come? He desires the word of God, but he desires to be sanctified. How can one come and, and be cleansed by taking heed thereto according to thy word? You see, as you find many times in the Christian life, you will you will have many questions. As I've said there, there are going to be times whenever you will go to the Lord and you will begin to ask questions. And you'll be truly and sincerely wanting to know from the Lord, Lord, show me these things. Lord, reveal to me, Lord, what you have for me. Or, Lord, why am I going through this? Lord, help me to see it, not from a selfish perspective of the Lord. How dare you? But, Lord, help me see it from a heavenly perspective of the Lord. What are you trying to teach me, Lord? What are you trying to bring me through here? And the psalmist is asking this question, Where shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto, according to thy word. As he begins to make and see this promise, the the, the answer to the question is always found in submitting to God's word. And the submission to God's word. You know, we're going to continue walking through here in a few moments, and you're going to see a relationship from a teacher and student standpoint. And you have to ask yourself this question, and we'll make reference to it again here in a few moments, but how much respect do you truly have for the Lord? You think about a teacher-student relationship. I had a teacher growing up, and her name was Miss Gant, and she was a third-grade teacher. And I had heard horror stories about Miss Gant, but every all the stories about those horror stories were were people that would say things about her, but they loved her at the same time. And I remember we were in the second grade, and there were horror stories, and there was a, a story about her. Uh, now she she didn't play. I'll say that it was a no-nonsense type of classroom. You know, it was going to be her rules, and you listen. But they would tell stories like she put a kid into a, a, a trash can and rolled the kid down the, the, the hill, and the, I mean, I mean, crazy stories. And so, as going into third grade, we were scared, you know. And in third grade, in my elementary school, that was the first year where you would start to rotate. You know, you would rotate your classes, but you would be given one homeroom. And I was given Miss Gant as my homeroom. All those many, those many stories were popping in my head. But can I share with you, one of the, the years that I look back on and I loved the most was third grade. And here's why. Because I had so much respect for Miss Kent. Now, she required much of us. She would pull the best of you out. She, if you were to say, I can't do this, you'd say, well, let's figure it out. You know, she she was going to make sure that you succeeded. And, and one of the things that she was always able to do is she was always able to get her, her her students to produce more in class. Why? Because they had so much respect for her. And one of the things we come to realize in our walk with the Lord is many times the, the reason that we are okay with living a mediocre life is because we don't truly respect the Lord like we ought to. Lord, I... Look, I, I'm, I'm glad that you want me to to live a holy lifestyle. I'm glad you want me to be pure. It just don't mean a lot to me, and he, that's how how, that's how we live it. I grew up with with individuals who who you know were my friends that would not even try in certain classes. Why? Because they just didn't respect that teacher. Sometimes we, we have to ask ourselves that hard question, you know, am, am I okay with not hiding God's word in my heart? Am I okay with not cleansing myself and coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to live pure because I just don't respect him? What are some of the important at- attributes and maybe the aspects of, of cleansing? You think about cleansing in the Christian life. Cleansing is a vital uh, in the Christian life as a whole, but it's, it's a vital for a couple of things. It's vital for effective service. The Bible is clear about this. 2 Timothy 2.21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now just a couple of weeks ago we made reference to this as I brought a couple of the young people up and I asked them if they wanted to take a drink. And if you remember, we we started to fill those cups up, but there was that one cup that was just filthy. And I can't remember which one of the boys it was, but I handed him the, the cup and he would not. He looked in it and he said, It's disgusting. It's nasty. And that was an example of many times we bringing ourselves to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm ready to be used, yet we're unwilling to get right with God. You want to be effective in your service, you can't be living in sin. You can't be uh, sinful. You can't be okay with that sin and that, that type of living. Number two, not only is cleansing vital for effective service, but it's vital to spiritual strength. Job 17.9 says, The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. The spiritual strength because you're clean. Cleansing yourself before the Lord and getting right with God is vital to sincere worship. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, you begin to think about the importance of of coming to the Lord and saying, "Lord, I want to be clean lord I want to I desire to to not only be clean but I desire to be sanctified in the right uh, respect and Lord, I desire these things, not be just because I you know I think it'd be cool, but no Lord, because I respect you, and I, I give you reverence and Lord, I desire to be." Cleansed by taking heed thereunto, according to thy word, you see the desire of the Word, his desire to be sanctified, but also his desire to be led. Notice with me, if you would, as you come to verse number 10, the Bible says, "With my whole heart have I sought thee." Now there's a message in and of itself right there concerning that word whole. And it's important whenever you study the Word of God, when you come to the Word of God, that you take every single word with the same importance as the others. Every single word of God that is, is made here, as you, you read the Word of God, every single one of these words has a vital role. And that word whole is a very serious word. You begin to see him seeking. But he doesn't just seek with, with part of his heart. And he doesn't just seek with a portion of no, with his whole heart he begins to seek. You see, he begins to seek the Lord, and as you begin to study what he's dealing with here, and we come to understand the importance of walking with the Lord and seeking the Lord. As you seek the Lord, there are many things that you will come in contact with. You'll begin to come in contact with what God has for you in your life. You'll begin to come in contact with making the decision if you're going to walk in his ways, you're going to walk in your own ways. And as you seek the Lord, there are going to be times whenever he begins to, to reveal some things to you, and that hard decision has to be made. But here's the truth here. Any walk that is not according to the Word of God is, notice with me if you would, verse number 10 says, oh, let me not wander. It's considered wandering. Uh, if you've ever been out in the woods and you were just kind of walking, there was a path that you were on, and then all of a sudden you became a little curious and you decided to get off the pack, you were wandering. Our dogs, we have three dogs, and, and out of those three, um, If there was one that would be more of a wanderer, it would be Royal. Royal likes to kind of sniff and kind of go and kind of do his own thing. All of them will stay, but there are times whenever we'll be holding and and Royal will stay off. He'll be on the the sidewalk or he'll be on the main road when we're walking, but he might smell something and he'll he'll begin to wander. We'll have to pull him back. The Lord does the same thing to us sometimes. He, we begin to walk on that, that, that road that he has for us, and then we begin to get curious and we begin to go and we begin to wander. Anything that is not guided and not led of the word of God and the Lord himself is considered wandering. And wandering is, is something that we come to realize is not just, it's not just a, another path. It's a path that leads to destruction. Curiosity, you know, you've heard that statement, curiosity kills. And it's a true thing. Uh, There there have been many times where curiosity has killed, and and in the Christian life, sometimes it kills our testimony, and we begin to become curious, and we say, oh, I wonder what it would be like, only to realize that it was never intended for us for a reason. You see, in Scripture, there are times when we'll read something, and God has put plain and simple some things that are for our good. And we begin to wonder, we begin to say, well, maybe maybe, you know, times have changed. You know, that's a statement that you keep hearing. In the Christian realm, you'll be hearing people that'll be saying, hey, you should just relax a little bit. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. If it goes against this book right here, it's a big deal. And there are some things in this book that we find that are clear, that are cut, that are dry, that are black and white, that God says, hey, this is there for a reason. But yet we still become a little bit curious. All of a sudden, we begin to let that curiosity lead us, and we go down that path only to realize It wasn't meant for us for a reason. You know, there are some things that the world offers that the child of God, you know, and we made this statement, ignorance isn't always bliss, as we preached a few weeks ago on that subject. And I pray that my children will be ignorant to some things. And if they come to me and say, hey, Daddy, I was being made fun of because I didn't know what this means. And I want to be able to look at them and say, good. You weren't meant to know what that means. You weren't meant to take part in that. You weren't meant to be a part of that because that's what the world has to offer you begin to see in verse number 10 he says with my whole heart have i sought thee oh let me not wander from thy commandments you see as this statement is being made reference to in verse number 10 he says oh let me not wander from thy commandments can i share with you that not only did he seek the lord but he saw that the standard was the lord's will and the lord's word here as he says oh let me not wander from thy commandments the the commandments of the word of god are the standard at which we come to and we say hey what does the word of god have to say about this hey not what does my parents have to say what well, i does my friends have to say not what the, does this person have to say what does the word of god lord what do you have to say about this if you leave the home if you have a young person that leaves the home or if you if you as an individual have set all of your personal standards based upon someone else and not upon the word of god then those standards will always fall in sinking sand as you come to, to in your personal life and you say hey this is the the reason that we live this way and you say what's it backed by it's backed by the word of god if, you, if you're having a discussion with someone and says, hey, why do you do that? And you say, because Pastor Farmer said so. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Because my parents said so. No, no, no. Why did you buy into it? Why are you persuaded by that? Because this is what the Word of God has to say. He says, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Now, can I share with you, as parents, you ought to be teaching your children the commandments of the Word of God. So in certain times like that, whenever someone is questioning maybe you or your children, they're questioning your children, you'd be able to say they'd be able to say, Well, my parents taught me that the Word of God said this. Not that they said it. No, this is what the Word of God had to say. You see that he is seeking the standard of the Lord, and he saw that standard. You see, he desired the Word of God, but he desired to be sanctified, he desired to be led. Well, in verse number twelve we also see he desired to be taught. And we're coming back to verse number eleven here in just a few moments. But in verse number twelve he says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Now, this is, again, making reference to that teacher and that student relationship and, and how much respect is given to the Lord. As he says, blessed art thou, O Lord, he's giving reverence to right here. Blessed art thou, o Lord, you, there is none like you. But then he goes on and he says, teach me thy statutes. You begin to see that he, the topic in which he is referencing to is, Lord, teach me thy ways. Lord, teach me to, to make sure that I know what you have for me and, Lord, why you have that for me and what you are wanting to do and accomplish with me. If you had all the, the, the knowledge that academia could offer, if you had the highest GPA, you were a 4.0 student, and you won all of the, 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 the big awards, and they, if they were acknowledging someone who had the, the brilliance and, and the, the mind like none other in school, but you had a lack of knowledge of who God is or what God's will is for your life or what God's word has to say, you've traded something that is far greater for something that is very average. Now, listen, that's not giving your your children an excuse to do poorly in school. But as as, as you begin to, look, Jackson and Holly are going to be going to school. Jackson starts school next year. And there's going to be a very strong uh, structure, I guess you would say, and enforcement on him doing well in school. But if Jackson gets out of school and he is a 3.3 GPA student, but he's living for God, and he wants what God has for him, and he loves the Lord, and he's trying to do the best, and, hey, he understands what God's word has to say, then I won't look and say, man, I I failed him. He's not a 4.0. I'll look at him and say, praise God. Man, my child loves the Lord. What could I ask for? Now, if he comes and he says, but, Dad, you said you just want me to love the Lord. You didn't care about school. That's not what I said. I want you to do well in school, but I want you to love the Lord and know what his word has to say topic here he's making reference to in verse number 12 he says teach me thy statutes lord show me thy ways number two we see this the dealings of the word notice with me if you would in verse number nine and we'll be quick about this verse one more time but you begin to see that it begins to cleanse what a work that cleansing work does and you have to ask yourself that question this evening if you want to be clean before the lord if you want to cleanse your ways If you want to live upright and pure, not only that, in verse number 10, you begin to see that it begins to control us. The dealings of the word begins to control us in verse number 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from my commandments. I'll tell you, thy commandments, I'll tell you, whenever I began to to start desiring to live for the Lord, it was a strange thing. Things were happening in my life, and I was desiring certain things that I had never desired before because the word of God was dealing with me and the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And I began to say, man, you know, you think about this, I don't recognize myself. That's a good thing. When God begins to deal with you, there should be a change. And when God begins to deal with you, he begins to change your ways and your, the way that you live and the things that you say and how you conduct yourself he begins to seek you. Verse number 12, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. As you back back up to verse number 11 now. And in verse number 11, you see that it says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And in verse number 11... It follows such an important statement in verse number 10 and when it says with my whole heart have I sought thee. Because in verse number 10 he begins to seek and all of a sudden because of this seeking uh, there's a change that is found in verse number 11. That change is made in that statement when he says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And when you begin to see this statement with my whole heart, you see a couple of things that are being made reference to when it comes to seeking the Lord. And you ought to seek the Lord. And there are a couple of ways in which you ought to seek the Lord. You ought to seek the Lord completely. When he makes that statement with my whole heart, he's completely, he's all in. He's bought into it. He's not holding a portion back. No, he's saying, Lord, with my whole heart, I'm completely given to this, Lord. I want to seek you with all of my being. Not only completely, he says, have I sought thee, Oh, let me not wander from my commandments. You ought to not only seek him completely, but you ought to seek the Lord continually. It's not just an every once in a while thing. It should be a daily thing. And also not only a daily thing, but multiple times throughout the day, you ought to be seeking the Lord praying and spending time seeking his ways psalm 105:4 says seek the lord in his strength seek his face notice this word evermore the word evermore means continually don't stop as you do it do it again and then you ought to seek the lord not only completely and continually but reverently you say what's the big deal well second chronicles 12 14 says and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the lord if you ever think that taking a season off in the Christian life and just say, hey, I'm just going to take some time off from living for the Lord, evil's right around the corner lurking. And it just takes a season. It just takes a little while. It just takes a, just a few things for you to get away from the Lord, then all of a sudden you're no longer seeking Him, and all of a sudden evil begins to take place, and you look back and you say, what happened? You stop preparing your heart. You stop seeking the Lord like you ought to. What about the results of seeking, though? And this is an exciting thing. The results of seeking the Lord, it brings joy. Man, in your own life, if you go back and you maybe are going through certain seasons or maybe you're just enjoying the the, the journey of living the Christian life and you go and you seek the Lord and, man, it just puts a smile on your face. It brings joy to your life. It brings understanding. It brings satisfaction. It brings clarity. It brings wisdom. It brings happiness, strength, comfort, growth. I mean, we could be here all night listing all of the things that seeking the Lord brings. And those are just a few of the things. And he says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Lord, I'm seeking you, and Lord, as I seek you, you bring about joy. Lord, as I seek you, you bring about comfort, you bring about clarity. Lord, you bring about wisdom and strength and understanding and all of these many things that seeking the Lord comes with. What a joy. And I want to encourage you in verse number eleven and twelve, you see that all of a sudden the Word of God begins to correct in verse number eleven let 's get right to it and this is i 'm excited we might not get much further this evening we won 't get much further this evening. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Can I share with you a couple of things this this picture here I want you to really get this the word of God in verse number 11, I, as I was sitting there reading for just a few moments, I said, man, what a, what a powerful picture this is. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Every single service, there are times whenever we will take up an offering. And in times when we will take up that offering, you will put something, some form of cash, whether it's a dollar bill, whether it's a check, whether it's a uh, whatever type of payment, and all of a sudden you begin to, to write that out and you put it right here. You'll put that in that offering plate and we'll take that offering plate and we'll put it into the safe back there. And then all of a sudden at the end of the service on a Sunday evening, it'll be counted, it'll be taken care of. And and there's a possession back there, a very important possession. It's your money that you've given to the Lord. And it's something that has been given and it's something that has to be taken to a specific place. The possession is in that safe, and the possession is the, the, a specific amount of money. The place is the bank. We take that possession to the place, and we, we give it to the bank, and all of a sudden, it's deposited into the account for a specific purpose. That purpose is so that it can be used for the Lord and His work. Can I share with you? Let, let me illustrate this for you for just a moment. Notice these statements Thy word, you have a possession. Every single day, you open the Word of God, you open your eyes, you find out that you get to live another day, and you have in your possession right this very evening the precious Word of God. The psalmist here begins to reveal that he has a wonderful possession. In the Word of God, it's been talked about being like fine gold. Oh, like like honey from the honeycomb. Oh, it's sweet to, to, to read and to meditate on. He says, Thy word, speaking of the possession, have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Notice the statement, mine heart. Well, this speaks of the place. You see, you have a possession in your hands as you hold the word of God. You have a place that it ought to be going to, and that's the word of God going to your heart. And all of a sudden you find the purpose. What's the purpose in verse number 11? He says, that I might not sin against thee. You see, it's an amazing thing that every single day we have such a a precious possession that we hold and we can spend time in God's Word and we have a a place that we can hide it in, in our heart. And and in times of need, we begin to recall that Scripture. In times of of struggle, we begin to recall that Scripture. In times of rejoicing, we begin to recall that Scripture. And and there there are times in which we're needing that reminder, that that precious possession in which we can take to a specific place being our heart will help us understand that the purpose is so that we don't sin. There's no need to sin. That I might not sin against thee. In verse number 11, you begin to see the correction being lived out. The psalmist says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When you come to the word of God and the importance of the word of God and hiding the word of God in your heart, There are a couple of things that you begin to realize the will of God can be learned as you get into the word of God. In Psalm 143, verse number 10, it says, Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. You begin to see his ways... And his way for you are revealed. In Psalm twenty-five, four it says, Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Psalm twenty seven, fourteen says, Teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Here's one that's tough to swallow. And we can learn from our own mistakes. Job six twenty four, Teach me, and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. You can Find wisdom and gain it. Proverbs 9.9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. You see, there's much that can be found when it comes to getting to the Word of God. As you get into the Word of God and you begin to get deeper and deeper, you come to realize that this is a precious possession that has a specific place for a specific purpose. Now, this is just one purpose. You hide the Word of God. So that you don't sin. You hide the word of God so that whenever you're called upon to give an answer, you can give that answer. I mean, That's a message in and of itself on the many reasons you ought to be hiding the word of God in your heart. But the psalmist reveals the reason for this one statement. that Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I was looking just the other day, making reference to, back to one of the points being learned from your past mistakes, and I was on, and I was reading a document of an a, a individual who had started a business, and he listed seven different reasons why you, should not, or why you shouldn't take his advice from his first business. And he goes through, and I'll tell you what, he had to have been humbled. He says, number one, I was a jerk of a boss. And number two, I, I paid my employees poorly. And number three, my product was a joke. And I mean, he just goes on. He's roasting himself. But because he was able to learn from those mistakes, he became a better person. He became a better boss. He became more successful in the business world. And he says, so whenever I share advice, I say, don't be that guy. The guy that was right there not willing to learn from his mistakes and not willing to take advice and not willing to look at things the right way. He said, learn from this guy. When you look into the Word of God, you'll find that as you come to the Word of God and you begin to seek the Lord and you go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me thyself so you can show me myself. And as it begins to reveal that, there are so many things that follow suit. Number three, the determination of the Word. And I'll just pass these to you. Verse number 13, you see that he says, With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. He says, Proclaim it. The things that you come in contact with in the Word of God are not just that you hold them to yourself. Proclaim it. Shout it. Verse number 14, he says, I rejoice in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in all thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Not only proclaim it, but cherish it. You know, man, I love, I love my, my children. I love my family. I love... The Bible, there are some things that I just cherish. You know, when I go home, my Bible goes to a specific place. You know why? Because I've got two children. I don't trust them. After church, my Bible, if you notice, I leave it right here because, no offense, I don't trust your children. I want it to be taken care of. I cherish that, and I want to make sure nothing happens to it. There are things that I cherish. You know, I'll be sitting there, and many of you know that, I don't, you know, everyone complains and says you should never wake a sleeping baby. I've woken Holly up and Jackson up from the day they were born, every single night. And they always go right back to bed for me, after three spankings. And now, they always go right back to bed for me. And I'll hold them, and, I, and, and they'll, they'll come up to me, they'll just wrap their arms around me. Holly will give me a kiss on the cheek and say she loves me. I cherish those things. I cherish those moments. I cherish the moments with my family. I cherish all of those things. You should cherish the word of God. Proclaim it. Why? Verse number 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Why? Because it's priceless, but it's also practical. I am a, an individual, and I made reference to this the other night. I am an individual of, of convenience. I do like convenience. I like things to be done in an easy way. I don't like things to be done difficult. And I don't know that it gets much cl- clearer than this book right here. As you open the Word of God and you study the Word of God, and you're saying, Lord, I want to do this, and if, it, if, if in His Word it says no, it's clear. Yeah. There's no arguing it. If you want to uh, go your way and, and you find that, hey, the ways of man are not wise, it's clear. And you get in here, not only is it a priceless book, but man, it's so practical. And many of the the foundations of this nation were founded upon this book right here. That's how practical it was. And so could I encourage you tonight? Hiding God's word in your heart is not just a a suggestion that the Lord makes in his word just so that you can say, oh, I might consider it. No, there's a reason for it. Man, what a vital, vital importance it plays as you hide this right here. What a precious possession. In this place right here. There's a purpose. Lord, I don't want to sin. Lord, I want to cleanse my ways. Lord, I'm filthy. I'm a sinner. Lord, I want to live upright. I want to live pure. I want to live holy for you. How can I do this? The book. Give time to the book. Get in the book. Give respect to the book. Give respect to the Lord. Reverence to Him. And allow the Word of God to change your life. It's an amazing thing as you listen to testimonies of individuals. People that are saved in prison. People that are saved out of wild lifestyles, and they'll say, I was listening to the preaching of God's Word. I was in my cell reading God's Word. Well, what took place? The Word of God took effect. The Word of God is still as powerful as it was as it was 20 years ago, 200 years ago, all the way back to when it was written. God's Word is still God's Word. Let's give respect and reverence to it like it deserves. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for a precious possession, the Lord, with an intention to go to a specific place, a Lord, with a specific purpose. I pray that you'd help us to be what you would have for us, Lord, to live upright, pure, and holy. Lord, you have so much for us. And Lord, what a blessing it is to be able to serve you and live for you and open the Word of God. And Lord, read the words of what you have for us on a day-to-day Basis and how you'd have for us to, to live and to conduct ourselves. And, Lord, it's, it's just wonderful. We thank you for being personal to each of us and loving us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And, Lord, I pray that you would just be with us this evening, Lord, that you'd help us to truly to make the decision, Lord, to hide the words of God in our hearts that we might not sin. There's so much the world offers, but it pales in comparison to what you have for us. Help us to realize it. Not only realize it, proclaim it. Cherish it. Well thank you for it. It's in Jesus name we do pray. Amen.